pero peor. We are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. What is going on, fellas? I'm having a good one tonight. Digging deep on that one. It's been a um, long time. Sirius XM Turbo is where it's at. Who but is that again? Default. That's right. God, I haven't heard this song since I was in the 11th grade, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right, too. That really was about the only one from that. <laughs> yeah, they were for sure a one-hit wonder. Fuel, right? Yeah. Default. Oh, default. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fuel. <laughs> no. You, you mean, a, that, you was, had a that was good played songs. on the radio oh, yeah. till your eyes bled. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was. That song was nonstop. I saw Fuel in concert. Uh, they opened for Aerosmith the first time I saw Aerosmith. How were they live? Fuel? Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith blew them out of the water. Well, sure. Yeah, but I mean, they're I mean, Aerosmith, I went, dude. I went because I wanted to see Fuel. I was like, oh, I'm a young punk. I wanted to see Fuel. I got there and Aerosmith blew them away. <laughs> oh, my God. Aerosmith is the best. So, uh, they put on a good show, you know, it, standard 90s, soft rock, but I don't know, I don't think I'd go see him again. Uh, <laughs> Volbeat is actually coming to town. I saw that. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, which is a mm-hmm. Tuesday. I want to take my son. Who who are they going to be with? Clutch. That'd be a good show. Goddamn right, that'd be a good show. See Electric uh, Worry live. So are we going to see, uh, I know we talked about it in the years, are we going to see Motley Crue or what? No. Uh, <laughs> tickets for Motley Crue are $100 a piece 
for nosebleeds. Uh, I saw them before they were accepting Medicare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for half that price. They put oh, on a, sure. They put I, on a I, good show. I don't want to see... I bet they do. I don't want to see a geriatric Vince Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't want to see him in a wheelchair rolling across the stage, you know? <laughs> I'm sure they'll still be fine, but... Uh, I don't want to see... Uh, Tommy Lee picking up waitresses from Mountaineer Racetrack. You know? I want Tommy Lee when he's picking up Pamela Anderson. <laughs> so. What else is on? Joan Jett Poison. And uh, Def and Leppard. Def, Def Leppard. Def yeah. Leppard. Uh, I don't like Def Leppard at all. You don't like picture? Or pho- is it photograph? Photograph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, photograph. Yeah, no. No? Can we play some photographs? Uh, Come on, same, let's let's huh? listen to that. No, I don't Def like Leppard's always one of the ones that I can tolerate it, but I never can get into the it. The only so. time I can get into Def Leppard is if I'm at a titty club. It's like, it's like an automatic depression every time as soon as they come on. They have that like vibe to them that like, sets you back. It's because the drummer only has one arm. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> Here we go. I only like. I mean, said I'm a strip club in one arm, and I can I know where I seen them both at the same time. <laughs> a one arm stripper. I know where you were too. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Real oh, close to geez. home in my my nice nice town I live in. You guys are lucky you get to live out here in the country. I gotta go see one arm strippers. Don't dare, don't dare ask for a hand job. <laughs> Do it with your good hand. Get, it'll it'll be really off with the nub. It will not be. It, listen, it will be the real ghost. Okay, before we get too uh, out of out on left field, uh, do, we, do we really want to do plugs after a one one armed hand job joke? Sure, sure. If you're gonna fly, if you're gonna tie flies with one hand, put them on an air X hook. <laughs> if you're gonna buy flies from a one armed fly tire, go to urbanflycompany.com. We are. Yeah. We're broadcasting tonight from the Urban Fly Co. Studios. When you're done, use that hand to uh, put a Predator Fly Gear hoodie or hat on. <coughs> or just check out all of our great sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're posted on the thing there. We got Yeti, Yeti.gov. Built for the wild. Yeah, we're at we're at the studio right now. Mark's blessed us to move into Chad's mom's house for, <laughs> for him. We're <laughs> <laughs> okay, at the Urban Fly Co., Chad's mom's place. Sims. Fishing? Yeah, check them out as well. And why not fishing? They're at the dock. So, guys, speaking of Sims gear, that stuff could take a whooping in a day. Yeah, man, you put it through the ringer yesterday. Yeah, that uh, was it, Rogue Fleece. It was still. uh, You go fishing yesterday? Yeah. Got a a musky yesterday. Dumb as me going hunting. That was rabbit hunting. That was very dumb. See, like, rabbits ain't like muskies. They're not big. I woke up, and I was all excited because it was snow, and I was like, perfect. I'm going to sit and fish all day in the snow. Oh, it lasted, what, a half hour? What and time did you get going? 11? 10? No. Real early? No, not real early. I was going to say, our, it was cold, no. and then it switched at about yeah, I 11. Out. I thought I predicted it for 11, and it was like 10. I was out about 9, so it was like an hour and a half or so after it got late hour. Yeah, I went outside yesterday about 9 o'clock, and I had to steal a part off of a truck. In an ice storm. And it was raining, and it was so cold. It took me a half hour to get warm once I got back in the shop. God. You, you had a rain jacket on outside of it, though? I had a rain jacket on, then I had that rogue fleece underneath it, and both the jacket was... I mean, it got steak dry under, but everything was wet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was six, seven hours straight. It just pelting sideways, raining. 
freezing. Oh, how did uh, did I mean, you didn't have any of the freezing rain while you're actually fishing though? No, on a ride down it was freezing rain. Like as soon as I got like started driving, it was snowing, and as soon as I started going south, it turned to that freezing rain, and it was like pelting the whole ride down. And then once I got there, it had turned over to rain and stayed just steady rain. You know, of all days to forget a beanie. Mm. I remember everything but a beanie. Oh, I can't do that anymore. Well, fortunately, I had like that Wait, Under did you, Armour. Did, didn't like, you just say you didn't have a raincoat on? No, he had a rain oh. jacket. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, I had like that Under Armour, what they call them, baklava or whatever, the mask. So I had that on, then a regular hat, then I had two hoodies over. So did you say still, a baklava? What are they called? Baklava. Isn't that a, well, that's a pastry? A, yeah, it's a pastry, but just spell <laughs> it about same, the same. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, that sucks. You got to be equipped when you get out there. So go get your Sims for sure. Get the... It, everything from the bibs and bibs are sweet the shell yeah. just even if you got the shell you know and have you know what i mean it's like that's a bar none for if you don't if you're not you know if it's your first garment i would go with just the shell oh uh, yeah you know what i mean too that thing took it all day never never got one bit of water or anything so you had a pretty good story about yesterday too yesterday was interesting <clears throat> it's like well i swear i got going about down there about nine and right off the bat had fish kind of come <laughs> out it was the same fish I could tell from last week. I talked about the one up into the figure eight, and then I slammed the rod tip into the ground. So as soon as I start up the bank, the fish comes up with it, busts off. So I throw back out again, nothing. Switch flies real quick. And that cast brought a little squeaker in, probably like a 23, 24. Go into the figure eight, make like three turns with it, come up top right, and I hang it, and the fish comes up and just love taps it. Gives it like a kiss. Never opens its mouth. Pushes it up into the air, swims off. That's interesting. So from that point on, I proceed to go the next I don't know, five, six hours and see nothing. I beat everywhere, and the problem is a lot of it, you couldn't see into the water at all. Because the wind would pick up and it would start raining, and it was just ripples all over the whole top. So you just went in blind figure eight and kind of hoping to sit kind of. That's where right now, this time of the year, with them being so slow, a lot of the fish are picking up six, eight feet out. And you're engaging them. So as soon as that last bit goes into the rod tip, you're either going fast or you're kind of still playing with them. You can't see nothing. You're just blind figure eight now. Yeah, there. you don't know what to play or how to play the game. So I fished my way all the way around. I actually went the whole way up top, which is the first time I've done in six, eight months. And I'm sitting there, and I was like, all right, it's kind of one of them days I'm almost ready to give up on because it's just pouring. You know, If it's 2.30... <coughs> Or later, I'm going home. It's 2.30 or earlier, I'm staying. Pull my phone out. It's 2.30 on the button. Now <laughs> <laughs> you pull, that's pull that's a coin pretty, out. That's a pretty good guess. It's like, yeah, that's my sign. Right back down. So go back right to where I moved that fish at. Switched over. The first time I was using um, like, a, I don't know, like a river pig style fly with a lot of weight up front. And it was just down and jigging. It had a white. Like that one? Yes, like this one on the table right now. Um, so I went back through with a... Uh, Yellow and a gold Pacarini tail. You still run the synthetic heads on that? Mm-hmm. Yep, black synthetic head. So I kind of worked my way right down into position where, then, for some reason, every time you move that fisher, it has to be like the same exact thing. If it's up on a degree or a couple of degrees, no. If it's dead flush with you, it sits for like three seconds, and you make long pulls, and you swing it right along the edge where that tip of that tree comes out, comes out from underneath it. So... Proceed to do so, make my cast down, fish comes in, does perfect, goes up into the figure eight. Well, mind you, I make like two turns on the eight, and I'm trying to go faster and trying to get it to almost chase it because it's still not opening its mouth up. 
And we're doing it just like that other fish did. So it makes like three turns. I step down further, and it's all slick right there. You know how it is. You yeah. wiped out there. I fell there. Boom. <laughs> I go down. So while I'm falling, I hang it, and it does the same thing. Comes up, love taps it. Boom. Pushes the fly. Swims off. Got to be kidding me. So work my way up around again. I'm like, this, this fish at some point's got to go. So at this point today, I'm just hang. I, I may as well duke it out. This fish is going to eat. Jack around for another half hour, come back, do the same exact thing. Like third cast down, except this time I hit the exact line. I'm like, all right, if he's going to come again, halfway in, I reposition myself. I get my feet down real low up against the edge of the bank, and I'm like ready. I'm like, he's going to come on this cast. As You're in soon, a football stance. As soon as I get in, I can't see him yet. I make the strip into the tip, and I start to figure out an area is already on it hot. Make the turn, hang it on the right again. This time it just wallops it. Hammers it and just sits there. Like perfect. I stripped down to him. Didn't even like set immediately. Stripped right to him. Set real hard and just put him right in the net. <laughs> like perfect. <laughs> Nothing like netting him too green, right? Yeah, he was just boop right up. <laughs> couple splashes. So uh, got him out. Took a couple quick picks, and he as soon as he hit the water, it was it just fired off. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Yep. So that was a nice little first uh, one of the year. First one of the year. But that's one of them ones where it's just, I think, just persistency paid off on that fish. Because if I could have gave up on him how many times through the day. And You're worse than me. It's definitely when the shitty bucks, weather, man. When the bucks are, are starting to be stupid, you got to be there. It's that, just that, that little bit, too. Because if I had left there, it, it would have been, you know, I haven't I didn't see nothing for five and a half, six hours. But just sure enough, that one little bit there. And then as soon as he came, I was like, you know, if that fish went and he ate that hard, he's going to eat again. I'm just going to give him a half hour and a half hour and a half hour until dark and just keep coming every half hour. Just pester him. Yep, until he fi- – and sure, it only took a half, first half hour and he ate. So I was like, I'll I'll stick it out the rest of the day got now. And that had been close to probably what – well, by the time I got down on him, it was probably quarter to three. So I was going to say, I think I was, still, I was still at work when you sent that message. Yeah, I you little, didn't hang it up? You, you wanted more pain, more abuse? Well, I stayed after him for about another yeah. hour or so and left a little after, probably about 4.15 or so. I, I like it when I walk out. And I killed him. You know what I mean? You were the, the, last, you were the, the last thing you remember yeah, being the victor? The, the last shot, it, it was a kill shot. The, the, you know, the last drift was a, a mean fish to the bank. And then I, you know, if I got was, the well, hell out of the there. The funny part is, it's like once I got that fish on that fly, it's like, it's well, I didn't fish I that fly that much through here. Now, well, let's go hit all the water again with this <laughs> fly and see if it works. <laughs> so I just start keep going again. Finally, no, it's like, all right. It's just, this, it started hammering rain then. I was like, this is enough. I'm trying yeah, but to you get, everything. You had that feeling to where, you know, that next cast, this, you know, that that's the kind of shit that keeps you there. I stood in the hole the other day fishing for hours and I didn't catch shit. But it was <laughs> the best hole. You know what I mean? Like where where should I waste my time? And man, I, I, mean, I could have wasted it in other places, no doubt, but and that one time like that, too, or the whole time you're envisioning your head, because you can see, like, almost where the fly is, and the whole time you're thinking that fish is there, and then you start to figure eight, and you're still thinking the fish should be here. There it is, actually there. It's like, eh, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? What do you, you think? They see you often when you do that, or? I, I tell you what, I even slipped down into the creek, like I said, on that first one, and. Didn't fish even never, recognize no, it. No, he just kept going. And I mean, you're moving the whole time up there too. It's not like you can yeah, stand with, still because with a rain day like that, though, you would turns. think that they they really be not not keyed in on you at all. I mean, it's one of them things that I've seen that if you pick the fish up eight ten feet from you, 
and that fish is engaged and he's coming at the fly, he'll never pick you up. Not, but if he's not just coming in real you. hesitant, it's he's looking around. And I've seen him where they'll pick up and spook. But if it's coming in on the fly and they're hard on it, just I haven't pause. No, kind of just, just sit back. About that 10-foot mark, give it a pause. And if he comes hard at like he's going to eat it and you start going, at that point, no, he'll just stick on to the fly instead of seeing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got to have their attention for them to but no, if they not come in get a good look it, around. They come in behind it and sit there and you start an eight and they come like in to look and you move. I've seen them bust off. What about your shadow mm-hmm. days like that? Yeah, That's happened oh, a few, quite a few times on the lake. Come oh, yeah, in, standing high up in the Come in on like a two-hand, too. Coming in, and then, boom, you drop the rod real quick to transition into the eight, and that wee little bit of a pause, boom, that fish, twice it happened. Yeah. Uh, as any. soon as that fly made that one little bit, because it wasn't that speed of that two-hand, as soon as it stopped, that fish on a dime, boom, busted off. Both wasn't times. right. Huh. Yep. You have to get, like, a perfectly smooth transition on them, because they're coming so hot on her. They just, it's amazing how quick they stop. That's why I always stop two-hand, like, Ten feet out, and then halfway back, yeah. 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 That way, it's one way to change up the pace too. Okay. Or if so. you got two guys, have somebody's line in there, regardless, Aiton. You know what I mean? Like instead of waste not having a fly in the water at a point. You know what I mean? Either of you. Yeah. If you're fishing hard or you're fishing for real, you know what I mean. It's not just a lax day. If you know fish are around, having you know a guy strips in, he eights picks his up. The other guy got to be either close to the boat or in that general area eight because that i don't know i just feel those fishers they hunt they'll sit back you know what i mean they'll see that fly two three times come through there and go underneath the boat get mm-hmm. positioned or get how they want to to potentially eat it but if you don't got no flies in there then they swim off you know what i mean you don't keep them in that if they're not that interested so yeah having lures down there big lures <laughs> yeah, big, big lures so they you got to keep their attention we have a guest tonight? We do have a guest tonight. Josh Meltzer from the Fly Strong Podcast. Uh, episode 2 is going to be coming out, I think, next weekend. I think they're doing every other week. Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Uh, if anyone hasn't listened to the first one, go back and listen to it, man. They take microphones on the river with them, and they they like record while they're fishing. It's a pretty cool concept. <clears throat> and uh, they were catching brown trout on mice in January at night. I was going to ask you, what are they? So are they top able, water? They, do they have open water there? I mean, they're in. Yeah. Are you saying top Minnesota? Water? Yeah, mice. Huh. Yeah. Um, in the cold. Oh, yeah. I, I thought the sunken mice. I don't. Be <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't care where they got to swim to get bit, but that's pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, they're they're hungry, so they'll eat. It's it's a really good show that those guys are putting on too. So I can't wait to uh, talk to Josh about that. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. And he's got a. Uh, he got an infamous number under his belt, too, so that'd be a cool talk. 50. Oh. I don't know. I The infamous. I know. Uh, guys, measure your fish still? 2020. Did you guys They're see the pictures? Did you guys see the picture of that fly that he sent on the shark hook? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I can't wait to talk to him about that, too. <laughs> so, um, I did take my wife out on Monday since last time we spoke. Uh, yeah, you did. Yes, yeah, you did. I did. And she uh, she did nothing but get frustrated. <laughs> she was like, where's my spinning rod? I said, did, she, did she look like PJ out there in the trees? She was in the trees, but she was more graceful than PJ. Oh, okay. I could see his big boot prints. She needs more water? Uh, she needs less trees. 
<laughs> she was like, you know, uh, uh, did, but what rod did you take out there? I was using my my four weight butter stick, and she was using uh, three weight. Okay, how how long? Hey, it was a little bit longer. It was eight foot six. No, eight foot three. Eight foot three, three weight. It is. It's tough. Tight I kept quarters. Ask, I kept asking her. I said, "Do you want? Do you want to use my rods? A little bit shorter." Said, no, no, no. I just use this one. She said, "You know, your rods a little shorter, Chad." I know. <laughs> I was waiting for that one, and then I was like, "She's like, I, I'm having trouble." Once I get the fly line out, she kept calling the green stuff. Once I get the green stuff out, I can cast, but I'm having trouble getting the green stuff out. Okay, well, bring it over here. I cut. You didn't have a run in three feet of 15-pound test? No. What is wrong with you, Chad? That's how you do this stuff, right? I cut about I cut about 10 inches off Creek of it. Creek three feet. I cut about 10 inches off. And she's like, that's much better. I'm like, you should tell me this stuff. She's like, you're hovering. I'm like, why, didn't, why didn't you? So so how long later? Well, Six it, foot or? It started out at like seven. Oh, that's and that's I cut way it down, too long for her. I cut it down to like... Four. Almost six. I, I like, like short leaders, man. It I gives do you a lot more control. I do too. I was running one longer than my rod, which is weird. Hmm. It had like four knots in it? It did. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them were wind knots, believe it or not. But uh, I was running hopper dropper and caught my first fish of the year on a nymph. Yay, look at me. <laughs> and it wasn't even as big as my hand. But I had a guy ask me, did I use a hopper dropper? And I was like, this is winter steelhead, but I don't think we're going to do none of that today here. Did you do the like game planning and stuff with her? Did you, did you take her off his side? You had your son, you got to be here. And you have a kid? No, he was in school. Oh, school. Gotta love that babysitter. But uh, no, Jay, I kept saying, Ash, wait for me. Wait for me. And she'd walk up. Wait for me. She's like, I'm just right here. Like, no. You have to wait for me, and we'll go into it, and we'll make a game plan. And a couple times she did, a couple times she didn't. But like I said, we ended up with one fish. I hooked two more, and she hooked one. She ended up did hooking. I didn't know you have a bite. Well, just stop or no the the I hooked or I caught the first one I caught, and then the second one I was drifting it, and it went like behind a tree and I couldn't see it so I lifted my rod tip up and it, it went and it went the fish was splashing around the top I was like oh I had one <laughs> and then the next cast I'm casting a different hole and it went down and I just lifted my rod tip up to make another roll cast and there was one it came up taking it as the fly was coming up yeah. out of the drift yeah that's so, sweet speaking uh, of, I don't know if small fish are hard <laughs> hard to tell you you're getting a bite like you can't see it speaking of that we were um, using really small sure. indicators and they just would you know like barely move uh, we had a show listener, Ed, send us in a bunch of flies so we can uh, do this blue lining a little more effectively. He said it's the one that they've been catching, or he's been catching all his fish on. So And he's he's a PA guy. He's a PA guy. So The lively legs. Lively legs. It's like a pink pheasant tail lively leg. I looked oh, and I yeah. said, Chad, I'm, I'm proud of you for tying those. Those look really good. And he's like, I didn't tie those. I'm like, ah, that makes more sense. Show, show <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I did tie the foam flies in here, though. So they'll work on top. Well, I figured these to me these these that, flies they look great, but they have <laughs> stocky written all over them. Stock Heavily. trout. Yes. This says stock trout to me just because it, even I don't know. I guess I don't I don't think like that. I I guess that the approach would change if you said we were going. That you looks know, small like a 27 inch youth day catch for Chad. 
<laughs> no, no, that's not a trout bass. <laughs> you should run two of those under a no, bobber. No, we, we spray the rods of reels then. I know. I would say that looks like that'd be perfect for that. If I can put a trout magnet on the end of that, I would do it all day long on youth day. You should put it under it, and then you could teach them how to nymph. It seems like we'll a do it. Seems like a tungsten bead. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think that, it is. That would be my guess. Feels really heavy. Yeah, throw one of those in those sponge pools. Yes, son. And like I said, I tied these chubby Chernobyls so we can use those indicators. That way, if they do come up and whack the indicators, they're hooking it. Now, yeah. now, where, where do you tie that off? Where do you tie your... Is it like how I run all my tandem yeah. rigs off yeah. the back? That's how off you run the, it? Off the bend of the hook? Yeah, yeah. Don't you think it'd be more effective to tie it off of here, dropping off the like front? Because then it's going to spin itself and hook around the line. Well, this is going to float. Yeah, but it's also going to twist and spin itself and spin and hook around the line then. And then you're going to have a bundle up there. True, true. For that guarantee. This is my bobber. This is what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking this is my bobber. But yeah, it is. It basically is. But it could be an inline bobber. Oh, yeah. No, I just think of how they're biting it on top. <laughs> that would be like stopping themselves with that line. But being as such light underneath, it doesn't really det- it deter them from getting the hook. Like me, when I was fishing two jigs or three jigs and I was getting fish to bite but how i was tied onto the back of my hook it was they couldn't get the hook you know what i mean yeah i think with smaller mouse that might be something but so the, the fish ash caught or hooked on a mop fly <laughs> that's a my girl <laughs> so they're all starting off all early. little brookies or uh you think so i only got to see one of them i would imagine that yeah. are their creek chubs yeah <clears throat> yeah, there's always a rare chance at a rainbow, huh? No, no, no. Not Maybe there. a brown. brown. Maybe a brown. No, yeah. Maybe there. Mm, I highly, not highly doubt. That's really small. Yeah, it's, it's teeny. Where are you talking? Teeny you're tiny. Bottom? Where you went well, last time? Chaz fishing somebody's like run off. You went up top where, where Jay was. Yeah. Oh, you didn't go down where you were talking about going with the guy you work with. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, I didn't okay, go there. Okay, 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 no, 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 I thought you were talking about there. Yeah, That's no. That's why I said uh, browns, but no, up there, no, you're right, y'all brookies there. Yeah, I didn't go there. So. I used to trout fish. There's a nice little spot up there where you'll find, you can find those. I don't those, think you're you going to be any, and nowhere's going to really gonna be any rainbows around here. Mm-mm. Oh, there's a ton of them in mid-April. Oh, <laughs> all of them, man. You, they breed like crazy. Listen, they breed oh, like twelve man. inches. Listen, I I used to love that so much. I still I still I you know I'd love to go do it for one day. That's my thing. But I got so many guys that are like, I want to come and catch some orange trout, or like they think they want to do it, and I'm like, I'd take you, but it's it's you know it's it's just a one two day thing. It's like a like we're gonna go have fun. That's it. It's not. You, you know, it's not like that. It's, it's like not, going to see the one-armed stripper. Yeah, it's not like being a steelheader. You steel don't want to do it every day. Yeah, not like being a steelheader, like, oh, we're going to chase chrome. We're going to do this here, here, and there. No, we're going to go to certain places where, you know, we there's kind of a control over it because they dumped them right there, but it's just that thing. So, yeah, no, I, a buddy of mine, he, he was like, I want an orange one. And I'm like, ah, I don't even think they're that cool, but they're there, man, for the taking. A couple more months. So. Hey, let's get a let's go take a break. Come back and give Josh Schmelzer a call. Sounds great, Chad. Yay! And we are back with Josh Bam Bam Schmelzer from uh, the Fly Strong Podcast. What's happening, man? 
Oh, not a whole lot, guys. You interrupted my NFC Championship watching this evening, so I'm a little pissed about that. But otherwise, I'm I'm doing good here. <laughs> Chad will call you on like the February second or the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, man, we set you yeah, up. We're doing a show on Super Sunday. Oh, you are? Heck yeah! I hope the Packers are there. <laughs> so we know who you you're rooting for tonight. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I bleed green and gold. <laughs> so Hell yes, man. So how'd you get your nickname? Well, that is a hilarious story. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty long story, and I, I, I'm anticipating that's why uh, you wanted me on the show tonight. But, ba- <laughs> but basically, the short version of it all was I broke five musky fly rods in the span of one year. <laughs> and so Pogo, which has been a guest on your show several times, he kind of dubbed me uh, the name Bam Bam. So how... How'd they get broken? Any uh, any entertaining stories, or are they all uh, setting on big fish, or what? Yeah, I got a really entertaining story <laughs> for everybody out there. <laughs> this this is the infamous bear dog story, and you can read the the very scientifically written version by Stephen Weisner on the the Musky Fly Group. But I'm gonna take you. I'm going to take all the listeners to 2018 at the Treelands Muskie Championships. It was opening morning uh, of the of the tournament, and uh, we were about an hour into our, our Saturday float, right? And Steve was like, okay, let's move to the different uh, side of the river. Let's go across the river here. And so I thought I would just hunk a cast out and kind of work it as we we're moving across. And wouldn't you know, I just... I lay into this really nice muskie. And so we're fighting it. We're all freaking out because it's the first fish of the tournament that year. And we're just trying to get it towards the boat, get it landed so we can take a photo. And in the midst of all this, a freaking bear dog, a bear hunting dog, shows up out of nowhere. He swam clear across the river. <laughs> and I, we kind of theorized that, like, he wanted to come be friends with Steve's dog, Lewis, that was in the boat. And so that's why he wanted to come check out what was going on. So we got this muskie about 10 feet off the bow of the boat. And then the bear dog gets tangled in the muskie and the fly line. And we're, we're freaking out because this is our first fish in the tournament. We know it's going to rack up a ton of points, and we're all in the side pot bet. So we're like, this thing's probably going to win us some money. So we're like, hey, let's just kill this bear dog and get the muskie in the boat. But Drown the dog. We, dude, it was, it was unbelievable. So we, we, we end up like... We end up, like, just wrestling, like, the fly line and the muskie and the bear dog. We get both of them in the boat at the same time. But, like, in the midst of all this straight-up pandemonium, the fly rod snaps. And then uh, we're just like, screw the fly rod. we got to get this fish measured. So we got it on the bump board, took a photo. We landed the bear dog. We released that back into the river, and it swam away. Did you hashtag keep the bear dog wet? Oh yeah, keep the bear dog wet. We didn't we didn't measure the bear dog, but we wanted to. After the fact, we're like, man, we should have put the bear dog on the bump board and, and, it? and got some photos with it. So it was a good, <laughs> what yeah. kind of, good dog, huh? What kind of dog's a bear dog? Oh man, it was like 
it was a beagle and it was just dumber than hell. It had a radio <laughs> collar on it. We never saw its owner. But good grief. And I will say it was a good thing we landed that fish because that night uh, I won $600 in the side pot bet. That was, so, it, was that the same year you guys had to run back to town and get another bump board? That was the year before. That, <laughs> dude, that's a whole nother mess. They, they were, I don't know, like when you guys fish a musky tournament, you know how it is the first morning, you're just trying to get the jitters out. And when that first fish hits, you're doing everything you can to get in the boat. And in the midst of all that, they ended up like losing control of the boat. They ran into the, like the bank with the trees hanging over the boats about to capsize and the bump board falls over the end and, and, and this and that, and they just end up landing the fish anyways, without the bump board. And Steven's like bleeding all over the place. So, <laughs> Oh, they had to, they had to drive like 45 minutes North just to go get another bump board at St. Croix. It seems like there's always something going on. Oh yeah, it's never a dull moment out there. Must be fishing. So now, so long story. Long story short, that's kind of the heart of why the nickname Bam Bam came along, thanks to uh, that story. And then oh, Pogo. Uh, Pogo poetically put it right there. Yeah. So is muskie uh, your your main favorite species to go after? Oh, absolutely. That's definitely my jam at this current juncture in my life. It uh, it all started for me when I was like 10 years old. We uh, went out to Montana every year to visit my grandparents, and uh, we did a lot of trout fishing, and I saw other fly fishermen, so I kind of got like into it that way. But, you know, as you grow older and you kind of get exposed to other species and you talk to different folks, you kind of break into the warm water scene a little bit. And I caught my first smallmouth, and, and I couldn't believe the power behind it. And then, you know, you, you start throwing bigger streamers, bigger rods, and, and ultimately you catch, like, pike and, and muskie on the fly. And ever since then, I've, I've really never looked back. And full disclosure, I, I almost despise smallmouth fishing. I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a bycatch of muskie fishing. But for me, I just love the muskie. See, I, I like musky, but I like smallmouth, man. They're like a fat girl at a bar. You can always take one home. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they they got little man syndrome for sure. They're always trying to prove themselves. <laughs> like, That's a good like way to put them. You'll tie up like a 24-inch fly, and you're like, man, this thing's going to boat like a 52-inch musky, and then some at like 14-inch scrumper smallmouth will come along and crush <laughs> it. <laughs> So speaking of the twenty-four inch musky fly, I saw a picture of you holding like a shark hook. In yes, sir. What what is that thing? So uh, it looks like a horseshoe. Is what it looks like. Yeah, last year I did some work with Primo Tail, and I got to see some of their inventory, and they had these gigantic bucktails and these huge feathers, and and all of their their materials they offer and i got this idea like hey wouldn't it be cool to make like the world record fly so i went on and i registered for the guinness book of world records and i went to see what the world record fly was and it was actually nine meters long so clearly (laughs) i'm not gonna break that but my uh my modest attempt was i went on amazon and i got a 20-aught tuna hook that's a legit hook 
for tuna fishing and then um i had to modify a vice to get it in there and then i tied like a, a 38 inch or a 40 inch fly with that <laughs> so modified vice you just use a like a bench vice oh yeah is yeah. it for yep. trolling off the back you just troll it yep. troll it off the back troll it off the back yep yep <laughs> man I, I feel bad for any muskie that wants to tangle with that puppy uh game changer style <laughs> it's a it's a single Buford. <laughs> Only thirty eight inches. It features hair extensions that I got from the dollar store. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, actually, and it's got a bunch of Christmas tinsel, which comes in like you can get like a, a lifetime Uh-oh. supply of it for about four dollars, and it's like thirty six inches long. Just don't let it sit on your dash, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> Especially not with my dog around. He'll chop that thing in two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but that Christmas tinsel, if you let it sit on your dash, it gets all curly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it can't handle the heat. Only Chad knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Quick tip from Chad. <laughs> I've been there. I, I take it you've, you've tied with some crins, Christmas tinsel in the past, huh, Chad? Oh, OG Christmas tinsel. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm the most frequent white boy at the weave store. <laughs> Heck Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's that's my jam when I go to like the Hobby Lobby or the Michaels, and I'm like, dude, this is a true fly tires hack. I could I could totally modify this for all my fly tying workflow and save about three hundred dollars here. Um, I'm telling you, man, go to find a ghetto. That stuff catches your eye. Find every a time. ghetto. <laughs> find a ghetto and go to a weave store. You buy the fake hair. It's super, oh. super, super cheap. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Or when you see the right shade of pink, just go up and ask her, where you get your hair at, girl? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you mind if I, like, cut some of that off your head and tie a fly with it? When you're done with that. Yeah, that What's that? When you're done with that, I could I could use that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what is hey. your... Oh, go ahead, sir. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say, I want to congratulate you guys. This has been your fourth year running your podcast. Fourth year, and we're coming up on 200 episodes in like six episodes. Heck yeah. Yeah, man. It's been a, a labor of love for sure. Man, that is, that is so awesome. So I'm the guest on the 194th episode? Yes, 194. Not the 194th guest. We've talked to some people multiple times, but uh, it wasn't always an easy go of it because... We're still not good at it, bud. So, <laughs> so good luck, good freaking luck. Uh, Man, a, I gotta, I gotta really commend you guys. You've had some really awesome guests on the show. You've had a lot of people that I've looked up to, a lot of mentors in the fly tying world and everything like that. So, I really give you guys a lot of props for putting a good product out there and doing what you've been doing for the last four years. Well, thank you so much. That, that means the world to us, and uh, we couldn't do it without people that listen to it. You know. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It it is fun and like oh, we have a really big guest coming back on on February 9th and it gives me I have goosebumps thinking about They're it. They're all big, bud. I know, <laughs> but this is like a big big. <laughs> yeah. Kelly's coming back on. Oh, really? Yeah. Heck yeah. So, that it's fun. It it's just as much fun for us as it is for you guys to listen to it, you know? Excellent. That's awesome. Do you guys ever get nervous when you have like the A-list fly fishing guests on should see chad before he called you yep (laughs) (laughs) i I will tell Uh, you every guest we've had on this month i've been so anxious and nervous because i'm I'm not drinking this month 
So, oh, yeah, oh, it, that's it, it's really hard. And it throws off my whole Sunday routine. Normally I start popping tops at like noon and just just to get ready and in the in the zone. But it's Chad has had the cold sweats and shivers <laughs> for the last two weekends. <laughs> We're sitting what it's pretty bad watching your buddy across here watching you drink beer and he, he sees it go down your throat and he's just over there itching and scratching and, and <laughs> I'm drinking a fucking LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's that's good stuff to supplement to like a long drift day, but <laughs> not to base your lifestyle around No, not sure. a, not around the podcast table. No, no, absolutely not. Well, it's it's a humbling experience to be here, and uh, the pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show today. And, uh, yeah, you guys have done such a great job with your podcast. It's, it's awesome. Heck, yeah, man. If you need any tips, I doubt it. But we'd like to hear a little bit more about yours, man. What what are some of the things that you had to do, man? What, you know, what, what was hard? What What steps did you take to get this thing rolling? Sure. Yeah, we, Stephen and I, we've kind of tossed around the idea of opening a fly shop and we've tossed around the idea of opening an online store and, and this and that. And we kind of looked at like the return on our investment and, and, and the time commitment it would take with having full-time jobs. And we just thought, man, this is going to be tough making a good go of it. And, and we just thought in this day and age, podcasts are the wave of the future on how we consume media so let's let's try to tap into this little game and, and see what we can do and then we kind of researched all the the fly fishing based podcasts and, and we tried to think of like what's the niche we could fulfill which is the experiential side of of delivering a podcast of like trying to transcend the audience member to the river to the fishing experience and everything like that and even though it's a little bit more legwork on our end, it's it's something we're going to do anyways. We're going to be out there fishing. We're going to be out there having fun. So we have like a, a pretty compatible skill set. Steven's a great creative writer. Um, he's a great host, great radio personality. And then I bring kind of my advertising background and marketing skills to the table. So between all of that, we're able to, to really uh, make a good go of it, hopefully. And... Um, yeah, we're just trying to deliver a great quality product to to the fly fishing community. And I know with like what you're doing with the on the stream, um, like the Drake did before, and it can be kind of a you kind of cumbersome, really. How mm-hmm. much more effort goes into like a day's fishing with that? I mean, is there a lot more preparation before the day, or is it you have a, you guys have a pretty fine tuned as to what you bring with you to record with? Yeah, there is because we've we've committed out of the gates to do. Uh, every other week episode so we're constantly trying to lock in guests trying to lock in like where are we going to fish and looking at weather conditions and trying to match it with our schedule and stuff like that and um it's been tough thus far and uh, especially like yesterday when the winds are blowing the snow is just coming down and we're out there running like camera equipment and the recorders and everything like that it's it's tough to make a go of it but we know that if we can get through kind of the winter months into the spring, it's just going to be a walk in the park from there. Yeah, it's a good time to learn right now and hone your technique. Well, it's this bad out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So since you're starting a podcast, do you listen yourself to, to other podcasts? I do. Yep. 
So I listened to your guys' podcast. Um, I listened to the Brown Trout Bridge Beers podcast. The boys out of like the Minneapolis St. Paul area. They're a bunch of good cats. And then um, there's a crew up in Canada, kind of like the Ottawa area. They run a podcast called So Fly that I, I'm really into, and they do a phenomenal job. They've been around for about four years as well. Yeah, they had John Gearock on not too god awful long ago. Okay, yeah. That was a good, they're, good episode. They're just, they're just a bunch of – they're a great group of guys. I've, I've kind of contacted them recently and invited them down to do, like, a, a podcast swap of sorts maybe this fall during, like, a, a fall muskie camp or something like that. And maybe we come up to the Ottawa River and we fish muskies with them as well. So it's it's just, like, a great community. We're all out there to, like – help each other grow, help each other succeed, and just, like, bring awareness about our, our very valuable water resources and and uh, fly fishing and musky fishing as a sport. And uh, speaking of the musky fishing, when's your season open again? Our season opens Memorial Day weekend, um, north of Highway 10 in Wisconsin. So we have a highway that splits our state in half. So... North of Highway 10, the season opens uh, like late May, early June. And then before that, I'm not quite sure. It's like a couple weeks beforehand. So we only got uh, several more months before we're back on the water. <laughs> Plenty of time to prepare and think about it, huh? Yep, absolutely. We got. I probably, sh- I probably shouldn't be saying this on uh, the air, but um, we have a tremendous resource in Eau Claire called the Chippewa River, and it actually flows north amongst all these other awesome towns. And you can fish pike. Actually, I'm trying to think. You can fish pike kind of in our area year-round, and sometimes the bycatch of that is a muskie. Of course, when you do catch a muskie, you're not going to want to publish that and this and that, but... uh, you can still go after those e-socks almost year-round around the Eau Claire area. Is there a healthy population of the pike around there as well? Yep. Yeah, we have some decent-sized pike in the Chippewa system. Um, occasionally, you'll catch pike over 40 inches, but most of them are probably in that upper 20s to lower 30s. That's good fish. Yeah, you'd be a you'd be a pretty strung-out man if you lived here. We got two touching states with complete open seasons all day long every day mm, it's wonderful for musky when when's your musky season all year have one. It's all, all year day. oh it's all year mm-hmm. dang both states That's crazy two states touching that you could hunt musky all year anywhere all right so pennsylvania and ohio yep open all season oh that's excellent do you guys get out in the winter months yeah, fishing all right now. Mark caught one yesterday. Mark hunts them down. Oh heck yeah, Mark! That's awesome. But no, not not float so much when it gets super cold. No, I mean the tough, tough part business. is is you you we have a couple creek river systems we can float right now. I mean, if we want to go north, there's open water all year round. But they've been kind of staying high and muddy. But if you can get okay. them, if you can get them down, yeah, you can do floats. But a lot of it's walking wade outflows, and there's numerous ones. I mean, you can fish a lot of different bodies of water right now for muskie here. Oh, that is so awesome. They never Man, freeze. What's that? They never freeze. Oh, that's such a blast. 
Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, like catching a muskie while waiting is such a cool experience. Like you're you're right down in the trenches with them and it's just like you got a, such a better connection with them when you're actually waiting versus getting them out of a drift boat. Yeah, I think oh, the last two sure. I caught were waiting. I know the last handful Mark caught were waiting. <clears throat> Dang. So back to your show. Do you have any uh, shows planned for doing a spring pike or smallmouth or muskies? Yep. Or yeah, we gonna... got some we got some fun stuff coming up. So we got spring pike that we're gonna pursue. There's a spot um, on the lower Chippewa that we usually hit in March or April, <laughs> and that's super productive. If you can get it right with the the temperature conditions and kind of the ice off and everything like that, it is just absolutely lights out. Um, and then we're probably going to do some springtime steelhead down in the Milwaukee River area in Milwaukee. And then uh, Stephen is uh, Stephen Wisner is going down to Eshkalak, Mexico. So he's gonna he's gonna uh, film or record a podcast down there, and he's gonna go after some saltwater species. I'm heading up to Canada for the opener the week before our musky opener so hopefully we can bring some sweet pike action to you guys from there as well awesome now you know you mentioned the chippewa now you guys mainly just like the big river system or you do some small water stuff too yep absolutely so the big river is pretty intimidating for a lot of people because it's like where do you start you know um you got to kind of like break it down into little sections and pick it apart but there's a lot of small rivers that uh, flow into the chippy that also hold muskies so we've been exploring a lot of that territory and trying to get out there and finding new spots trying to find new flow trips that are available and we have some phenomenal rivers that are are pretty small that you would never guess muskies live in but uh, we're able to capitalize and and uh, find them there do you downgrade your size of flies when you go to smaller rivers or creeks or anything or you still throwing the same big, big ass flies. That's a super good question. We used to until we saw what was living there. And then, uh, you know, we started upsizing a little bit, but honestly, it kind of depends with the season, like in spring, um, right when the season opens, we've kind of noticed that the pattern is they're going to bite on some smaller type of stuff, like even smallmouth types of flies and everything like that. They're going to go after so we'll be throwing like some small deceivers, maybe some tiny Bufords and this and that. Uh, we got a buddy in Eau Claire that <laughs> last year during the opener, he was like throwing a 20 inch fly. He ended up boating a 44 inch muskie. But for the most part in the spring, we're throwing some smaller stuff. And then we kind of transition um, to the bigger stuff in the fall months. You uh, Do you have your little black fly with you at all times too? I do, but I'm not as religious about it as, uh, like, Steve Weisner is. And uh, I'm more along the lines of, like, kind of the the mentality of what Gunnar Brammer once said. Like, you know, a lot of people say, like, dark, fl- dark day, dark fly, or light day, light fly, this and that. Um, and, and some people are saying, like, a light day, you want to throw a lot of, like, flash in your fly or a dark day you want to have a dark fly with a lot of flash and this and that so depending on the weather 
um, I'll always have like a dark fly with and without flash. And I'll always have like um, on a sunny day, a fly with um, light colors and no flash. And then also one with uh, light colors and flash. I tend to throw black until I know that they won't eat black, and then I'll figure it out from there. <laughs> yep, but general rule of thumb, if you get a fish that's not, you know, he comes in hot and then turns away at the last second, and, and you're throwing like a colorful Buford or what have you, um, typically we kind of pause the boat and try to backpedal a little bit and, and then chuck a smaller dark fly at them. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. So are you are you tying flies like crazy this time of year, or you just do it while you're fishing and see what you need from the day before, or you just yep. tie all year? Yeah, I, t- I tie a ton of flies. My personal favorite is a game changer style fly, and then I throw like a, a lot of big deceivers and and things like that. Um, and then I host a fly tying club in Eau Claire, and we teamed up with our local. Uh, Trout Unlimited chapter this year to reserve a space throughout the January and February months just to kind of get people out of the house and and kind of build a sense of community and bring everybody together and it doesn't matter if you're you're tying like zebra midges or like 20 inch game changers you know we're all on the same boat we're all on the same playing field like we just want to bring everybody together do you take pictures at the end of the night of like your 20 inch game changers eating zebra midges (laughs) (laughs) I never have because in the past that's kind of deterred a lot of people from joining <laughs> fly tying club. Nah, this guy's the making whole fun point of is to like get them out there, and and I've actually had like a conversation with folks like, man, you're tying these like giant Bufords and these game changers, and you know we don't we don't feel like we're welcome showing up tying like a royal wolf and this and that, but you know we're all fly fishermen at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what species you're after. It doesn't matter what size fly is in your vice. Like we're all very like-minded and uh, we need to come together for Here, sure. Here's what you do. Amen. Here's what you do to get these guys on the same page. You have a little, throw a little like challenge in there, your best zebra midge. And you could still, <laughs> you could just tie yours on like a, uh, you know, a one odd or something. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what no, I mean? That brings no people fun. together. We all like beer, don't we? Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're drinking hams or you're drinking the most fancy pants IPA on the planet. We're all drinking beer. That's right. That's a, We have a fly tying night out here as well, and it seems like everyone's tying something different lately. Uh, Mark ties musky flies. I think last time I was tying mop flies and teaching new guys how to tie deceivers and stuff. It's just whatever... They're into. Jay's too good for us. He hasn't came at all. I'll be there this month. He's too busy tying changers. I haven't made it. I'm not. <laughs> I haven't made it. I I like tying everything, but uh, not good at none of it. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of my flies. They get eight, but that's just due to how I'm fishing them. I guess not the best. Yeah. Better at woolly I mean, buggers. There's, there's definitely two schools of thought there. One is uh. Does it really matter what you're throwing as long as the presentation is perfect? Or the second school is, uh, is this actually tied for me or is it tied for the fish? Like confidence, know, yeah, it's tied for you. Ugly ass flies, they catch a lot of fish. It's always tied for you though. Most times, you know what yeah. I mean. When you when you're looking at the 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 shank there, you're like, well, I want this, I want this. 
I have a hard time putting an ugly ass fly on the end of my line though. That's true. Like, mm-hmm. like truly, what it all boils down to is, do you have confidence in that fly? One hundred percent. And if if you have confidence in an ugly fly, then all the power to you. If you have confidence in a really beautiful fly, that's super sexy, and it's probably going to lose its eyes on the first fish you catch. <laughs> you know, that's cool too. But whatever floats your boat. The color is what makes me determine if it's ugly. That dude, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not about the colors. It, it, when I I could look at a a plain white or like a, a vivid color, even versus a fire tiger. Sometimes I don't, I don't know, man. There's just it's that preference, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Do Do you have confidence fishing other people's flies, or are you mainly a my fly or die kind of guy? I mainly fish my flies. However, um, sometimes we're in the boat and we see a fly that's working really well that somebody else tied. I'll hug that for a while. Um, or somebody will trade me a fly and I want to test it out and oops, and uh, see how that reacts. I'll, I'll hug that too. I'm not, I'm not like an all or, you know, an all or one guy. So what is your bread and butter? Like, let's say here's a fly that I'm going to throw in a majority of the time. Is it the changer? Or if it is, what are you talking? What? 10 inch, 15 inch. What size? Yep, I would say the musky game changer is my bread and butter. I just love the way it swims. It's got such a great action in the fly. And you're talking <laughs> what, like a bucktail changer, or what kind of changer are you talking now? Synthetics? Correct. Yep, bucktail changer, bucktail. and I incorporate um, some synthetics in there every now and then. And and what what length up. are you running that? Sorry, I'm... <laughs> I got a couple cats in there. We're just about to eat like a fucking twenty-inch game changer. <laughs> I don't want to have to like make an impromptu vet visit tonight. Um, yeah, you you pretty much answered my question right in that one there. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. What was the question again? How long a game changer? You said there you about ate a twenty-inch one. So is that is uh, that the staple? Yeah. How many shanks yeah, is so that? I like to hawk smaller game changers, kind of in the spring and the summer, doing that's probably between 9 to 12 inches and then after that when we kind of transcend into the fall we'll get into the bigger stuff that's like 14 to 20 inches long and we'll just work it so slow almost like when you go out on a lake and you see guys dragging suckers that's almost how slow you want to start retrieving those big old flies yep now are you you're keeling them too to keep them down and keep them even or yeah, yep. So uh, back to the 20 hot hook that I tied. So I've, I've always been kind of a big fan of the, the giant hook. Um, I got into like the partridge sea beasts, which are made for like barracuda and um, some other saltwater species. But they have a huge wire gauge and they seem to just like keel no matter what. And for us, like a single Buford, I've always felt like those will cut through the wind really nicely and, and they'll just always really perform. And then uh, if I'm going to be tying like a really long game changer, maybe I'll incorporate like a lighter wire hook, like a, an ARX 351 Predator or um, the Partridge Absolute Predator barbless fly or barbless hook. How many shanks on a 20 inch changer? Uh, let me see. I'll count one really quick for you. <laughs> seems like a ton of work what are you looking at an hour and a half what's that take so my big one that i have right now it has 11 shanks on it it's got a synthetic uh dragon tail 
and I got a four ox as the stinger and a six ox big river gamagatsu on the front end of that. That sounds like it'd be a ton of fun to cast all day. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> that's that's something that I probably reserve for the fall work. You know, I only got about probably four hours worth of actual casting time in the boat. Um, and, and the daylight is dwindling. But if I'm going to be throwing like spring or summer flies, it's probably going to be something a little more modest, like the, the nine to 12 inch game changers. And they suck that all the way in, huh? Yep. Yep. Sometimes, uh, you know, they'll take it, they'll take it down deep, but for the most part, they're going to. They're going to try to take a headshot on that on the side profile so you can get them pretty decently hooked without having to do a lot of impromptu surgery stream side. And you're throwing them on a recent guest of ours, Rod, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Tom Shank, I can't speak his praises enough. Um, he makes the best fly rod I've ever thrown. The one-piece 10 and 12 weight. Those are definitely my jams, and you can load those up with anything from a 350 to a, a 550 on the 10 weight, and then in excess of like the 600 to 7 grain lines on the 12 weight. And they got the power, man, to, to handle those lines. And I swear to God, like that 10 weight, the first time you cast it, it's life changing, and it feels exactly like like a five or a seven weight in your hands. It's it's awesome. The more and more we hear about so these things, I, I think we, we need to, to order. I, I know we had this discussion with you about like a two-hander, getting one of them, and it's just, oh. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, keep, I hear so much about these rods, it's just, it's hard not to go get one. Other the than, only, uh, other than like, traveling with one piece, that's the only downside that I'm having. Shipping. If it wasn't man. for that. You got the shipping. Yeah, but whatever. That Maybe is what it is. No, but that's fine. If that, it, if that happens, it, we get three, and we pay one shipping. Uh, you just yeah. got to make a chain, man. A couple guys will meet you midway or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you should definitely make the excuse to come on over and go musky fishing in the meantime and pick up one of his rods. And, and that alone is worth uh, $125 worth of shipping fees. <laughs> but, you know, like, everyone asks Tom, like, when are you going to build a two-piece? And that's, like, the exact opposite of what he's trying to do. The one-piece rod has so much power and so much reliability without having any ferrules in it. It, it Man, it's just got the backbone. It's got the feeling that you want in a musky rod, and you're never going to – you're never going to second-guess when that fish is on. You're never going to second-guess, like, oh, are all my ferrules tight, you know? while I'm casting these bigger flies and, and everything like that. And that's just one more thing you don't have to worry about while you're, you're musky fishing. There's enough to worry about. I guess that that's a, a real good reason, man. You break a rod, how how mad are you? You yeah. know what I mean? I've, I've cast a piece of, pieces parts off of rods before. Well, or or, oh, yeah. or if, yeah. you, if you don't feel it wobble, that next cast, you're sending it. And what happened to you, Jason? Snagged on the bottom. No, lose. snagged in, yeah. Didn't snagged. you lose a tip or something? Oh, I section? snapped the rod right in half. Oh, shit. Because yeah. it, it was loose, because the ferrule came loose. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good Yeah, idea. exactly. There's so much to worry about <laughs> and for you to connect with a fish. You don't want to be, like, screwing around with a rod that's going to be falling apart. And then, plus, my second gripe with, like, the mainstream rod companies out there is everybody's building either a two- or a four-piece rod. And what does that do? It puts your ferrules right in the weakest point of the rod. Like, why haven't people figured out, like, hey, let's make a three-piece rod? 
So you offset the ferrules and you, and you maintain like the strongest part of the rod during the fighting section of that rod as well. Yeah, that, so, would, that would make sense. I got a three-piece pin rod, maybe that. <laughs> that's why it's so much powerful. Yeah, exactly. And and you maintain you maintain a lot of power and then all the all the weak points are diminished if you have to have a rod that's uh, more than one piece. So, Josh, you said you helped uh Brad do some uh bucktails last year? Uh, I helped him with like his marketing and everything with that with the primo tail. So you didn't have to do any of the dirty work. Correct. I I wasn't I wasn't in the musky lab drying out tails and and dyeing them and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, if you ever get the opportunity to see what he's got going on, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, we do a little bit of it over here too. And oh, I was gonna commiserate with you about the dirty work going on. With the details. Oh. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you guys do do a lot of bucktails and you do feathers as well. Um, Mark does more of the feathers. Uh, him and I do the deer tails. Okay, the deer tails. Man, that's some crazy stuff. Like, you gotta take them from the dirtiest point in their lifespan to, uh, you know, showroom quality so you can sell them. That's a lot of work. And that last batch. They're not in a clean area either. That last batch, I bet about 50, 60 of the total, what, 130, were just riddled with blood. Head to toe, they were deep red. And they just took washing and washing and washing and washing to get them clean. Blood and duty and pee. Yeah, I was going to say doo-doo. They've been pissed on them (laughs) their whole lives. They took a lot of work. But I tell you what, everyone on that rack is just snow white now. Oh, hell yeah. There's a special place in fly fishing heaven for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? The The thing with it is, is is it it isn't easy work, but it's enjoyable work. Like, I look forward to doing it when we do have, you know, the days that we we spend doing it. and uh, You love misery, though, Mark. You spend hunched over the sink for hours, and your back's hurting, and you just just want to keep going. It's like, Chad will come down, hey, you want to quit? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Next month will be better. Yeah, you can drink next month. <laughs> so, like, what motivates you to to spend hours on end processing these bucktails? Is is it the satisfaction of like the end user, the end fly tire, singing your praises and saying this is the best quality bucktail ever? Boy, I don't. Uh, maybe just to, maybe to have some at hand that you know is quality and didn't you didn't pay an arm and a leg for it. I, I think just that's think, a, that's yeah, awesome. I mean, I mean, the big thing with it is not only the availability, knowing where it came from, and knowing that 100%, I think, on like, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself personally with this one, knowing that you can go catch a four-foot-long fish by taking a, you know, bucktail that you took from scratch, a tackle that was grown locally that you know where it came from, and really all you're doing is doing a little bit of flash on there. Everything else is all pretty much an organic thing that you put on a hook made up there and you went and stuck a monster fish on. There's something about that that drives me with it and just having the own bucktail to do and make your own with it. It kind of makes me feel like a craft brewer. I want to get people fucked up on my bucktail. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of our good musky buddies runs a microbrewery in town here and he just gets such a kick out of just, you know, just drilling those recipes like down to the the minute ingredient and just really delivering a great product and at the end of the day he's just so fucking proud of everything he's done awesome man that 
that that means the world. As long as someone's proud of the product they're putting out, they're gonna keep putting out quality stuff. You know, you oh, know, yeah. one thing that doesn't suck either is walking into a room and having a pick of the litter of pretty much any kind of bucktail you want. That's nice. yeah. <laughs> that's that's another perk to it. Yeah. Do you guys sure. ever you guys ever get like those gigantic snowshoe sized bucktails that are like twenty four inches, thirty inches long? Oh, we've got some absolute giants, yeah. And like, but on our end, for like Chad and I, I mean, we sell everything off just because that stuff we're yeah. we're not using it, and there's no sense. I mean, we can't get. Yeah, I've tied some big hollow flies and some beast flies and stuff like that, but I'm not going to get the appreciation out of it. Somebody else will. And yeah. you know as well as I do, them are the money makers there. That's where that's what pays for all that hard work is the tails like that. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't need big tails to tie clousers. No. And you know, we mean musky flies. We could take our C grades, which are four to four and a half inch size tails, all day long and make as many musky flies as you want with them perfectly fine. I mean, that's what I use for all my, you know, the business flies are also our C grades. Yep. That's yep. all you need. Yeah. We had that conversation the other day. Like, actually, if you look at a C grade and you kind of pinpoint all the, the, the fibers there, you can actually turn out some great flies with it. Well, and I think one thing you got to take in consideration, a lot of people miss skew tie-in is, okay, you take a, a six-inch fiber tail, and you get perfect, it, it looks great, and it flares nice, but you cut off a lot of your bulk you get with that by trimming it down to the four-inch mark. So therefore, exactly. now, whenever that fly gets wet a few times and it gets fished, everything lays flat down against that fly, and you lose all your bulk with it. When you take mm -hmm. a true four-inch fiber, you keep all that bulk, and that fly over time just stays that nice, big, bulky size. By tying with mm -hmm. the, the right tail. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of beginner fly tires out there, especially in the ESOX world, could probably benefit from kind of investing into the more of that C grade and kind of figuring it out before they they understand the mechanics of like what the different fibers will do when you, you put thread pressure on them <laughs> before they start investing into the like the, the A's of the triple A grade bucktails. Yeah, you need to truly appreciate a $25 tail before you get your hands on one. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to shave that off of that hook. So now, well, do you do, like, I know we both said about Buford heads, do you do a lot with, uh, like, tubing or dubbing, or do you do something to maybe, like, change it up and get flies deeper, something in the head you may, may change up on yours? I used to do like dubbing head flies or um, I would like sometimes if, I, if I'll go out and test the fly and it's just not healing properly, I'll, I'll put some like that lead wire on kind of the, the bend area of the hook. Or if, if I'm tying like a big game changer that I'm no, I know I'm going to work really slow and I know I'm just going to basically lob cast out there or quote unquote water load, I'll, I'll even go... Uh, as far as to putting on one of those like precast lead head jig jig hooks on the front, and and then I'll tie it that way because I know I'm gonna work it really really low. Versus if I'm gonna be tying like a a springtime or a, a summertime pattern, and and I'll probably end up burning that through you know shallow water. I'll tie that a little bit more sparsely on lighter hooks. But uh, the fall time stuff is when we want to really get it down deep into those feeding zones. So we'll we'll add a little bit of extra lead here and there. And do you do a lot with like dumbbell eyes, aluminum CIs, stuff like that? 
Yeah, dumbbell lies. Um, honestly, that stuff's truly not big enough for a lot of the, the gigantic the style meat. game changers. <laughs> so I just keep adding some lead, and I'll throw uh, larger grain size lines with that. Since you like the, the game changer style flies, have you ever tried dropping hooks off, like split ringing hooks and just tying the full fly on uh, just shanks? Yep. Yeah, Brad kind of has been moving more towards that style of fly tying where he just only ties on shanks and then he has the split ring and, and the hook drop between the shanks and stuff like that. I've dabbled with it a little bit. I need to mess around with it more. Uh, but it seems like a really effective way to hook up with a big fish. I've I've tried it as well. I've caught one fish doing that. I dropped a, like a frog hook off. But it's it's scary as shit, man, having that thing whip around and whip by your head. Because <laughs> it's just a big open meat hook. Yeah, you put a treble hook in my head once. Put one in your own head. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the sign of a great fishing partner right there, I'll tell you what. Uh, but, yeah, well, like, when you take a dog fishing and you're doing all these, like, stupid musky false castings, the last thing I want to do is, like, impale my dog with a, a dangly six-hot or something like that. But it truly does seem like an effective way to hook up with a fish. Like, the, the hook is, it's getting outside of all the material. So you're getting that fish on the business end of that hook immediately you know so i i definitely see the the madness behind that design for sure or is it just not given enough time after the strike that's also another thing um when you're fishing like fall type of flies you're fishing low and super slow you're never going to see that strike but like when you're burning shit in the in the spring and the summertime and you you see that gigantic monster come up you might you might flinch you might accidentally set it too early and whatnot that there so having that hook extending outside of the material might help a lot what do you mean might flinch i will flinch <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. he's gonna blink I mean, this is like my fifth or sixth season musky fishing and man i still i still have not mastered the tri- the strip set i'll tell you what <laughs> It's fun once you get quite a few of them in a short period of time into the figure eight, and you can actually, like, watch them eat and just give them a minute. And, like, almost redirect your rod, set it down to them, and then strip into them and kind of get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, when when the season opens up for us around here, you know, after several months of being dormant of musky fishing, and we're kind of not knocking the rust off, we don't want those big monsters to show up. So it's always better <laughs> you when get they that show up in the off. fall when pops back, you know? You get good after after a few months, get on top of your oh, game again. Absolutely. And especially, like, when you're you're out on one of those days where you've got several follows, you've got some hot fish coming in, and you're, like, in the zen mode. And I will say, Russell Peterson is the most technical strip setter i have met on the planet we were fishing several years ago on a river up north of eau claire and it was like a four or five fish day 
and he had this eight, and he literally turned back to Steve and I, and he goes, watch this. And he, <laughs> he loaded up on that fish, and he strip set it so hard, that thing came out of the water doing sideways cartwheels. <laughs> and it, was, it was like a mid-30s fish, and I was just like, dude, that that is like Bruce Lee stuff right there, you know? Like, most people, they, they lose it when they feel that fish on or they see it, but Russell, he's like... <laughs> He's so calm about it, and he's just definitely in the zone, and he understands like what you need to do at that time and place. Ice running through his veins, man. <laughs> Got to get some experience. Oh, Got to get this. some experience before you get that syndrome. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a he's a seasoned river rat. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned going fishing with dogs. Is there anything special you have to train your dog to do before he's a a good boat dog? Well, my dog personally tries to drown himself every time we go fishing, so I had to buy him a life jacket. And, uh, like, the first time we went fishing, we were on the Chippewa. It's a pretty big river, and he just dove straight, like, head first straight down into the, into the water, and he didn't pop up for a while. And so I had to, like, really start panicking there for a second and kick on the trolling motor and finally popped up. And I, and I got him back, but I kind of do have to train him, like, not to jump out of the boat when we're, we're running up river or, you know, if we're running the motor, you got to, like, not be running around the deck and, and everything like that. Steve's dog, on the other hand, Lewis, he's such a good boy. Like, he'll go on adventures when we take a lunch break and everything, but for the most part, he just doesn't care about everything we're doing, and he just chills in the boat. Sitting in the back of the boat drinking hams, right? Exactly. He loves hands. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I have a Shih Tzu, and he's the worst. He, he's scared of water. I'd, I can't even bring him close to the water. So, no boat dog there. Oh, man. <laughs> so, he never goes out with you, huh? No, but uh, he has a real, real long dog hair on his tail. Mm-hmm. Makes nice flies. <laughs> oh, I bet. You ever... <laughs> you ever uh, take any of that tail to make some Bufords or some nice streamers? Uh, oh, shoot. About four or five years ago, my best hybrid fly was just a, a long chunk of his tail and then uh, lead dumbbell eyes and like a wrap of marabou. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I, his name's Bear, Home so grown. I call him Bear Hair. Yeah, he, he grew right back. I take him into the, <laughs> the groomer all the time. He's all chopped up, looks like a meth head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're like, what are you doing to this dog? And you're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't ask questions, lady. <laughs> yeah. Make, make him look parts. good again. <laughs> He's got yeah. problems. Exactly. <laughs> so right now you you guys went and did some trout fishing. Was there was there success? There was success. Unfortunately, our guest didn't catch any fish uh, that day. He had a couple. He had a couple eats, but uh, he wasn't able to connect. And then um, kind of like when we were wrapping up the episode, Stephen and I uh, stepped in there and we, we did some uh, nymphing and, and we got some brown trout to, to bite towards the end of the, the day there. Awesome. But man, it, w- it was tough, like super windy conditions and, and very snowy. Typical winter trout fishing, huh? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So where can people go and listen to the escapades of yesterday's fishing? So that episode will 
air on January 26th. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And then they can also go directly to our website, which is flystrung.com, and there will be uh, direct uh, downloads there. Cool, man. Hey, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to? I don't think so. Yeah. Just uh, if you're ever in Wisconsin, give us a shout. We'd love to fish with anybody that's listening to the show. And uh, we we got a great group of guides in Eau Claire, Hunter Dorn with WisconsinFlyFishingCompany.com. And then, of course, Steve Wisner with EauClaireAnglers.com. So give them a check if you're ever looking to book a trip in uh, the northwestern part of the state. All righty, man. Well, hey, thank you for uh, for your time this lovely evening. Yeah, not a problem, boys. Y- your Packers you are so down. Much. How's the NFC Championship game going? I haven't even looked yet. Don't, I, don't. I do yourself do a favor. Go to sleep. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Holy shit, this is a shit show. Is this thing on? I'll crack a beer to that. Okay, crack a beer to that. Did you do, what the, are we actually recording this? Yeah, this is wow. This is recording. This is what I wanted to play Master this P. This is about as big a shit show as this football game is right now. <laughs> Mark's over here having a fun time. Fucking oh, okay. Can't can't keep What's up with my mic right now? Despite our, yeah, you got all hyped up because of the... Uh, the game, the game is in your favor. Your Niners oh. are winning. It's going just the what way. What are you doing, dude? I don't know. <laughs> you look like a fucking retard up. over there. Well, anyway, we'd like to thank. I like tater Thank Bam Bam. That was pretty exciting little chat there. I'll uh, give him the old piece off mine that I that I broke. Check hey, them. Here's the top piece if you need. I didn't break it. Hey, what what is that? The Intermediate I Line podcast. No, Fly Strong. Fly Strong, yeah. Near me, line is Chris Adams, who's uh, been on our show. Yeah, yeah. speaking of, we got a lot good, of stuff good popping segue up. into that. No, they're uh, cool. That's they awesome. Got, they that got it's... the Flies for Fire going on right now, so to uh, support Australia, check out the auction they got going on with Flies down there. Yeah. The Intermediate Line, uh, Beast Brushes, all part of that. Bunch of new stuff to listen to out there, listeners. Some some hot, hot info. I'm sure it's going to be dropped just like it's dropped here, right? It's all good quality music, or uh, quality, quality shows. I, Audio. I listened to their first episode and it was really, really good. So, so now uh, it's it's winter time again. <laughs> Mark, yeah, okay. right? <laughs> we just walked Jeez. in. It's uh, it's 15 degrees outside here. So and feels like three. I, would I saw say. I saw a little bit of ice forming on the ponds, and uh, you know I'm getting getting the itch. I hope you know. I hope it freezes up this week, like in four days, so I could walk on it and drill some holes. Like the VD itch. What do you mean? The crabs? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get my ass out there. Uh, hopefully, if it's safe. Uh, but I would, lo- you know, I'd love to at least get out once because I don't know after that. Man, they got more of this bullshit Ohio weather coming. Like, oh, it'll be 46 or 8 on Friday and 15 on Sunday. It's just gonna with be up rain and down and snow all winter every day. long. I think. I don't oh, think shit. we're gonna get a consistent hard freeze this year. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, there's February's are are deep. You know, our chance at ice if they, if Eerie were to freeze, that'd be the only time that happens. So our our cold or colder weather oh, is that, that is potentially failed. yet to come. Oh, there there's no 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 that's not gonna happen. But I mean, there's definitely a chance that some stuff might lock up here. And I know guys have sure. been fishing throughout some other places in PA, and they're lucky, and and I hope they're safe. But they they ain't nothing to like I said, I'm in a rush to get out there. But I want to go catch some dinner. 
that's for sure. Get the get the stuff back out and do it again. So hopefully we do get some freeze. But for now it's steelhead, stinky steelhead. Oh, and got beat up pretty bad. I caught fish, but man, dude, there's a lot of work some days when they don't want to bite. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bullshit. I got to fish mm-hmm. some new area though. Actually, I stood in what I considered. I I walked into the hole. I hooked up. I, you know, there's guys around. People, few people hooked fish. Seemed like the timing. And then they shut off in this hole. So I was like, oh, I'll go to the the better hole. So I get up in this better hole and uh, you know, just fishing what I think would take them. Jigs or beads, right? Uh, something's going to work, but man, not much going on. Seen a few fish hooked. I, I stood for a few hours in one of my favorite spots and didn't catch shit. Trying different stuff, trying shit, didn't catch nothing. Like, Center pinning or fly rod? I was pinning, man. I, I fly rod fished a little bit, but it was, I don't know, it was just tough. It was not, the bite wasn't there. The window was closed. I don't know what the hell was beads? happening. You running double beads yeah, dude. and everything? Yeah, Is there a triple bead? Pulling out all the yeah, tricks. Fucking no, throw geez, three down this <laughs> yeah, I was pulling out all the stuff. I tried, like, I uh, talked with some guys, some guys fishing from uh, over from PA, and I'm like, you know, this is what, what you ask them where they normally <laughs> fish, and they say elk, and I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good spot outside of don't bring your friends here. <laughs> just you, pal. <laughs> Fucking out-of-staters, just like they'd say that, but I, I don't really give a shit. That's all hype, man. Uh, there's enough water over here, so so they got to fish through there. Some of the holes we got to talk. I, you know, shared some depth. You were talking with people? Yeah, imagine oh, that. Some depths and shit. Oh, and then I see I see people now, you know what I mean? You know, it's, shit, there's there's shit. locals and normal people who fish up there. And I don't think it's it's crazy because it's it's not overrun, man. I'm, I'm loving that. You know, it's I just fished a lot of places where there's too many people. So having a good day. Not You know, it's cool to talk with people. I would like to go up there if I had Tuesday off. I w- well, I wish you would come and fish that with us. Your dad got to fish it. I like this cricket. It's becoming one of my, in the, not go-tos, but nicer spots I think I can go. With less guys. Yeah, exactly. Not stocked either, right? No, it is now. It is. So oh, that's... Okay. That I felt like before and after there was a big a big difference, but maybe other people... I, I know people who had success before, so... But now it's a pretty consistent through the whole season on that river, and, and I like it. I went up. It's got it's features that... You know, the the normal ones we fish don't. It's more of kind of got that PA look to it. It's got that flat, and it's it's different. But the holes, they're nice, man. I got the fish, one I looked at before and didn't really know how to get. I snuck down over some, like, gorge, dude. I'm down 300, almost 300 feet, it seemed like. I was like, damn, dude, I'm, like, way down here off the, you know, off of where I parked. It was, like, Niagara hike, you know? Yeah. Get down there. Nobody. I was like, this is sweet. Not a soul around. See where people have boot tracks. And I'm just reading water. I don't, you know, I see that first big bend of a hole going down into like a railroad trestle with big things in the water. And I'm like, man, this looks really good. And I'm on the the side you don't, I wouldn't say you don't want to be on, but the side that isn't favored, you know, don't have the slack on it, the, the hard current side. And I'm looking at it, a fish surface in this little eddy by me. I'm like, this is nice. This is real nice. I got to get around here. So. I walk all the way down and just overlook, you know, just see what was going on. And, and finally was able to cross way down because it's a deep slough. Like, it comes down. It got a big S through, like, under here. It, it's pretty cool how it's set up. A little bit of, you know, brush and stuff caught up on them them big beams. But it's an awesome hole. Can't wait to cast some streamers in there because you got the how the current's going to work through there and, and the your ability to fish a huge spot. With Even with the smallmouth move in here in a couple yeah, months? Yeah, well, really... 
I don't know. There's only so much area you can stand it because of how deep it is. So you, it's like fishing a big pool. It's like it, it's gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna be a steelhead pond. Yeah, I, I just took the pin down there that time and I stuck a few on beads and a couple of jigs I just tied up. So had fun. I was talking. Ryan Evans called me right when I was like, I checked my phone. So I just hit call and I look back up and boom, the bobber's down. I'm sticking this fish. He's like, I'm like, what's up, bud? Got the phone on my ear. I'm like, yeah, I'm hooked up. I got the 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 GoPro running. Like, what are you up to? I missed your call, man. Steelhead fishing. He came by yesterday. He swung, Did he? Did he, he stop? I didn't know if he was coming. I know that the weather was crazy, and I was like, ah, who knows? Maybe he canceled or... No, he swung by for a minute. His uh, his driver's door in his van wouldn't shut. Ice? No, it, the the latch was all Gummed boogered up. up. Probably because of the cold coming. No. No? That's linkage. boogered up? It's linkage inside that's mm. messed up. But we ended up getting it flipped up and getting his door shut. So he had uh, he had to climb in and out of the passenger seat. <laughs> well, there's a giant door in the back, so we can just roll through that. Was that, was he, like, for all his gear, his stuff he took? Or? Yeah, he just bought a new road tripping van. Oh, okay, awesome. I don't think he... It's so, an all-wheel drive. I can't remember what... You might have mentioned it. Sierra? Yeah. The GMC Sierra. <laughs> it's pre- And it's got, like, a roof rack on the top. We could definitely put a raft on. It's pretty dope. I want one. I'm jealous. Yeah, he got to hear <laughs> me. need something. He got to hear me. I need something like that. Yeah. Something stupid. He got to hear you me catch a couple something. of steelhead the other day. It was fun talking to him. I'm telling you, Jay, buy a pop-up camper. You can just put your raft on top of the pop-up camper, and then we can take it on trips. It's not a bad idea either. It's a big flat deck, but mm-hmm. then you still need to buy a truck to pull it with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, therein lies the next problem. Hey Dad, I just bought a pop-up camper to pull my boat. Do you uh, can I borrow your truck? To my pull boat that and stuff? trailer. <laughs> can I can I can I borrow your truck for that? Uh, yeah, that. Get on Craigslist and buy an S10 for 300 bucks. <laughs> I've thought about it, Chad. I know, I know. You know me. I like again when I stop having troubles getting the boat <laughs> to the river. That's probably when I'll actually make the uh, the transition into something cool. I don't want anything new. I, I mean, I could go out buy a new truck. <coughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I'm sure I could. What do you mean? They just give, give you those. Stuff, but ask Mark. I'm just saying, you know. Come and get one. I want something unique. I want something different. I don't just want a new truck. I want I want something that has some kind of class to it. Some that smells, character. That smells, yeah, some character. Some musty. It smells like reefer and yes, debauchery. Yeah, and, and mustiness. <laughs> and, you know, and something, you know, everybody wants to get their waiter function. Yeah, dude, I need something good, you know. I don't just want some new vehicle. I, I do. I want something unique. So I've been seeing a, I wonder if. Uh, yeah, start what asking it? people, Not random people, like, hey, you want to sell that? You got their funky car? Oh, what is it? El Camino. I saw one. I see. We keep passing it. Yeah, dude. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so there's Big an El Camino cut. on the way up there. Make sure it's not a Ranchero. I wonder, <laughs> what would the boat fit in the back of that? Is that full size? No, I think it's, it's no, not narrow. wide they're enough. Not, yeah. they're, they're too narrow? No, but you can make so a little So you can maybe like make like a... Even like cut a, the back out. Yeah. Just well, cut it all out. So what are you going to do in the winter a with platform. the rear wheel drive? <laughs> and a two-seater. Jay... Make a fiberglass top over the. That's the what bed I'm saying. And yeah. Then set the raft on yes. there. What? And then no. put a big, yes. then put a big block on it. It'd be even cooler if it was like. And uh, then get a mullet. <laughs> well, the mullet, the mullet will back, have man. to come. That's standard issue. With <laughs> anyone else? Anybody who buys that <laughs> yeah, immediately yeah. gets that haircut. But yeah, a fiberglass top. 
and then put I'll get the Joe Dirt. Nah, dude, I seen the old school. Put what your dad had. Uh, That's what you need. Four holes through the fiberglass top, so you can mount ratchet straps to it, and just let that raft set right on that deck. Yeah. On the fiberglass deck on. What your dad? What your dad used to have back in the day? Uh, he had the wagon. Well, he had like a, a wagon. wagon. What was no, it was a wagon here. Yeah, but those see, things were badass. I bad see ass. some sometimes, man. Like nice Find ones. an old international scout. They were they were almost like the the Broncos like the old yeah. Broncos with no ba- my dad had one of those oh man basically it was it was the it was the, it was the uh, SUV of of station wagons yeah <laughs> but it, and it had like thirty twos on it man and it was fucking it was an awesome car and then you know we were talking the other we had a couple old Delta Olds eighty eights one my dad had was called the Fishmobile and uh, you know. Just some cool, cool things that you know. We've, we've, he used to pull, he used to pull boats. Our John boat with that, you know, white. <laughs> it had the hitch and everything on it. Why did that get racial? <laughs> it was a white. It was a white station wagon. <laughs> or not? Uh, old Delta 88. And my mom had a brown one. Oh, so. that that got drove, man. You, I'm sure you guys both remember both those vehicles. I do. Plenty of rides. <laughs> hers was bigger. <laughs> hers, yeah, hers is yeah, just like an inch. Yeah, man, you gotta, you guys, you gotta. Uh... <laughs> Dad could park in the garage. She couldn't. <laughs> uh. <laughs> fucked up shit. How's the headliner? <laughs> great. It was great. <laughs> in fishing news today. <laughs> yeah, that the keeping in shape in winter. I'm man, not doing no Pogo Pike uh, vid- training videos lately. <laughs> Shout him out. He could he could get another one of them going. But dude, I was getting my ass kicked. I went out. To do some walking, just small game hunting. It was just shit weather, but still, once I put that gear on and it got wet, man, it felt like I was feeling it everywhere. I was like, damn, this shit's for real. Stuff you haven't done in a while, if you, you start losing it, you know? Gotta keep up. Gotta. <laughs> did you get. So, did you go rabbit hunting, squirrel yeah, hunting? Yeah, for a little bit. Till I was just rabbit, mostly running the highways. We usually shoot them right off the, like, yeah, right along day, the road. Yeah, it seemed like they'd been moving. Oh, uh, no, road it hunting. was bad. No, not road hunting, but you're by the road. But, uh, no, nah, I think we seen one. My uncle seen one. I didn't see shit. But, man, it, it was just the conditions made it suck. I was like, yep, we're done. That's it. Quick run through this spot. We're done. But we're we're just out with our feet as dogs, so that's a pretty tough game. But we do got some pretty hot spots where you can stomp on them and, and do good. <coughs> I used to do a lot, a lot of walking along, like, ditches, man. Just in places that, I don't know. When you get out in the open, the coyotes aren't so much there. Some of the places are hunted down here. You see the fox tracks. You see the, you know what I mean? Some of the areas lose the brush, and it's not so much good hunting because they, they don't have the advantage, then they can't hide. So We had a fox right across the street from here last Monday. Daytime? Yeah, um, my wife and son were waiting for the school bus. There at the end of my driveway, and the fox came right, right up that wood line there, and then out into the road and down the road. Was it running like nine thousand mile an hour? No, nothing. She took two pictures of it. Oh, did it see them? They were sitting in a car at the end of the driveway. Oh. Yeah, it said hello. <laughs> well, usually though, when it, you know when a fox lays like eyes day, on you, you know what you and I went. You know what it said? Ring, ding, 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 ding. I don't know. What does a fox say? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guy. Don't don't bring that back. Oh jeez. I'm all about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. What does a fox say? Who knows? Yeah, cha 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 cha. Man, that was about s- the same. That was about the same uh, era as uh, Gangnam Style. Right along that. Mark, you should have took this to catch a muskie. It's potential. It's potential. potential. Gangnam Style was way worse. 
We have we've yet to use some of these awesome flies on the table. We are definitely looking at them. I can tell the difference from Jason's to these ones real quick. His white isn't as white in my eyes. That's racist. <laughs> no, nah, man, these flies are look good. Oh, I gotta get them. This oh, yeah. turned into a whooping on a championship game. Update on the score. What do you got? Twenty-seven nothing. Yeah. Halftime. Yeah, Almost. just about. Just about. Well, better come out firing. So, a little programming note. Next week, we have a uh, Dan Frazier calling in. Our boy. Our boy. Show boy, Dan Frazier. We're going to do a little bit of a getting your kids out into the outdoors parenting talk. So, he is a father. We're all fathers. It's getting to be time that we're going to have to start getting our kids outside again. Spring's coming around. We're going to do some talk about that. I'm sure carp will come up a little bit. Uh, I remember the first time I had to take a poop in the woods. <laughs> Save that for next week. Well, that's you know that's parenting in the woods 101. I was with my dad. He said, "So this is what we do." <laughs> and you know, you know? I, you know, I did the first time my son took a dump in the woods. Bagged it up. I took a picture of him <laughs> taking a dump in the woods and sent it to his mom. He did. The, well, you did the same thing to your wife with me taking a shit in the woods, Chad. <laughs> He's random, random shitters sending pictures. <laughs> hey, I'm a good parent for you too. <laughs> uh, I'm your daddy. Yeah, you know, those moments you never you never get to, you know, relive. And then after that, uh, February 2nd, Super Bowl Sunday, I think we're going to do a morning show. That way we can all get... Dr- get hammered all day? Get crunked in the morning. And then, uh, I don't know, watch Super Game. So this was well, 194 if the, if this for game, sure, or this is 195? 194 for sure. And then <clears throat> Kelly. And then uh, we're, we're kind of open after that. I know Corey's going to call in on our number 200. We should get sleep. So that should, 200 should put us at. So let's see. We ne- should. Next week's obviously 195. 196 puts us into Kelly. 197 mid-February. We're going to be early March for 200. Yeah. That's going to be a fun Stop show. Stop counting. It's a lot of them. You got a lot in the hopper ready for that show. I do. We, we should have got... We should be having these new guests. Champagne and shit? Uh, oh, I thought do you Do our, our special for thing for us when they call in. If you know what I mean. Man, if this uh, if, if this game keeps going the way it's going, uh, Mark's going to have a good day when we have our morning oh, show. Man. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be uh, getting ready to play the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to watch my boy P. Mahomes just rip you guys a new one. Bloody Mary's all morning. He's my guy, man. I love him. We should try to... Uh, Find someone across the pond to talk to that Sunday. Norby. He was our last morning show. We haven't talked to Norby in a couple years. I know. He'd be awesome. There you go, Mark. That's your job for tomorrow while you're not working. What do you mean while I'm not working? You don't do anything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're not working. You mean when you're on your phone at work, Chad? Chad, is that what you mean? When you're on your phone at work? I don't know what you're talking about. When I was in sales, it was a little different. I had a lot more time now. Not as much. Oh, man. But that wouldn't be bad, though. Chad answers a phone at work better than he does outside at work. Yeah, because I don't have my phone on me when I'm Jason don't answer the phone, period. We were playing tag the other day. No, I played tag him a bunch today. Hey, trying to call you here. Bless Chad you. did some. Chad did a little bit of leg work. I did. Uh, we uh, I don't know. We got bit by this blue bug or blue line bug. 
A little. I mean, I, I you girls, you know, did. you know, I, I, I think, and even thinking this, like, it's Girl Scout cookies. Uh, something, something that, <laughs> like you were saying, getting our kids out in the near future and get them introduced into fishing. This is even something you can take them out of the fly rod a little bit, get them a small youth fly rod. And uh, I don't even if it isn't a spinning, even if it's spinning gear, is fine. I don't know if I'd want to take my son to the place where I took my wife. Well, that's why what about an old spinning rod with a fly line on it? Possibly. No, you know, just even a small, something small that they five, can six just look or, out five, there. Five six you know? footer, old and eagle you claw. You can stand next to him, behind them. You get know, him rolling. get get just get the idea going. It's some place they could actually wade. Yeah. And walk around and it, get used to being in you know in the water. Find salamanders and. Yeah, but you got that right here too, man. You got like sure two if you want to go catch a creek tub. Well, there's probably bass and some other species. I found a muskie in one place down oh, here. Oh, I know, I know. But it's not no, the they're there. State fish. No, no, it's not. But it's <laughs> I wonder when if you're you a kid, a chub is a creek, chub. If there would be some there. Uh, I don't think so. No. I used to chub fly fish. It was a sport, right? Sure. I did it right at Jason's house. I didn't even have to it go was nowhere. Fun. I like fishing for creek chubs. Like little green weenies and oh, yeah. stuff like that. For oh, a little dry flies. Yeah. Scissors taps. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know if it. <laughs> Joe's flies. As soon Horn as uh, last year, we were me and my daughter were fishing in the creek, and uh, and she was throwing Joe's fly. Man, we a few big creek chubs come up and whale them. That's what your little flies are starting to look like. That little dangler, <laughs> your little dangler thing on the back of your little flies. That looks like a Joe fly, man. <laughs> what, what, what dangler? What are you talking about, dangler? How, how you got it? How you got it set up with just a a real small piece in the back? What do you mean a small piece, man? I'm saying the hook. At, yeah, but I'm saying you got that little piece there. It's a mini woolly bugger. Uh, like like how how it could swing around. You know what I mean on the well, back of a spinner. I, with all these, I've been tying like you know headbangers with the. I got some smaller helmets off Ryan. He came into town on the way back through from a show, and I got in the back of the truck. You know we talked about earlier. I get in the back of the van. I'm like, oh, there's like a bunch of stuff I want back here. So I'm like, hey. I need like four of these, and I need a few of those, and a few of these. So I racked up whatever cash I had in my pocket. He took out of my pocket, and so I get some. And, and usually with the headbangers lately, and I noticed even when I was fishing with Justin the one day, man, if you throw a little articulation in between the two hooks instead of it just being like two beads, you know, with a or mono with, or your, your mono with two beads on it or whatever. For your for your articulation point, you throw you know just a ten millimeter shank in between there. It adds so much more movement, and that's all I, I, I that's how I do them now. Even on the minis, I threw a little maybe, may, it's probably even less than a ten millimeter. Yeah, just however small we can make them. Yeah, however small you made Not them. Not fouling up for you. I haven't fished that one yet, but they don't know. No, the other ones usually don't. Not some, not any worse than any other fly. Got some rubber legs in there. Oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's basically a headbanger minus. I mean, if you're gonna get real technical, the only thing that's not is the uh, I put two feathers in for the the peck fins, and not uh he usually uses dubbing, so that's the only difference. But it is basically it's just a headbanger, but mini. Probably what like three inches. It is a small head. What's yeah, that? Yeah, probably way? probably three. It's a small size head, and then I got minis too. Is it like an eighth? I don't know. The minis Those are, are more than... Uh, the minis are sweet. I yeah. Lo- I like the minis. I'm, if I tie with them, it's going to be just uh, like a rabbit strip out the back, probably some palmered rabbit, and then the mini head on the top, because there's not only so much you could do with such a small head, but they, it's just like adding a 
tungsten cone head or something to the top of one of those rabbit strip flies. Yep, exactly. You know, it's gonna go down and it's gonna do do damage. For uh, sure. I like when you get some new materials. I was I was bugging out to go downstairs, even though I did get a new. I did. We did get a video game system that's been like crack cocaine to me. I'm like a. I'm like a. It's all you need. I'm like an addict. That's like one more thing. Has to been keep handed, your ass handed, handed what he was addicted to for years and years and years. Here you go. Here, Here. take this again. You're allowed. Here you go, bud. It's all yours. I've been six years sober off fucking video games. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's starting out. He's starting out right where he did when he started out when he was a kid. He's like, oh Mario Kart. Oh Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. it'd be right. My, my daughter's like, how'd you so good at this? Give it about f- five or six years when she starts, like, a different shit, and then you'll have to be playing, like, shooting games and all that oh, fun stuff. Oh, I can't stuff. wait. And I, was, I was the shooting game master, dude. That's yeah. what I used to do. That's, that's Call of Duty. That's how we went to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's why I went to the doctor and said, I'm, I'm having heart palpitations. <laughs> Is this okay? <laughs> that, that nectar uh, of the torch. Oh, geez. That, yeah, that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've I, I've given up on all that stuff now too. I, I'm 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 a coffee, beer, and water man. Perfect. No, no Mountain worse. Dew. No, no, no pop whatsoever. None. I've been drinking a lot more pop since I quit drinking beers. Uh, I don't do pop, but tea tea's just as bad as everything else, nope, man. I can't do tea. No, I ice cold water. I drink a lot of tea. I drink a lot of tea. Yeah. Yeah, not good for you. Definitely not. That and coffee. I wake up to drink coffee. And then the oh, rest of the yeah. day, I drink tea. Only time I drink pop is when it when I put a little bit with the whiskey. Yeah, I like that. But uh, I'll get a fountain drink if I go. You know, if I'm gonna splurge and get a you know a shitty ass quarter pounder with cheese somewhere, or oh, uh, yeah. or you know you know a but burger. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fuck it. No, <laughs> hell no. Coca Cola all the way or Pepsi, whatever the hell they oh, got. Sprite all the way. Ah, uh, I, I you're, you're I, safe with Sprite. I drink I Sprite think. if it's like if I want to be good for me. I love to drink yeah, green cans of Sprite. Listen, <laughs> what if you get Flat Coca-Cola. You want to kill somebody. There always is a little more sugar in the Sprite in, uh, coming out of the machines, too. You know. the, oh, <laughs> it tastes so much better. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy I worked it. at McDonald's for how Listen, long, man? No, <laughs> I, know my, have, I know my machines. If they have that touchscreen drink thing, oh, I, this shit gets crazy. I got, like, does. pink Fanta, uh, yeah. peach Fanta. I got Sprite. I got all that shit oh, in one. vanilla ginger ale or Dude, vanilla there, raspberry ginger you, ale. If you, if you never drank pop, you could stand at that fucking machine for two hours before you got a drink. You would be like, oh, look at this. Oh, wait, wait. Look. The first time, oh, we, we started doing the hood like, cleaning. Hey, when I was doing the hood cleaning thing I talked about. drinks on there? Like 40 different kinds. Oh, there's a ton of And we would travel, and Wendy's was the first people to get them. The Wendy's. And we went into the Wendy's, and holy shit, look what this place has. You know, because we were living off that stuff then. It was Nectar of the Tards and Call of Duty. Vanilla vanilla cream soda on them machines. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Because it's, uh, I think they use the Canada Dry Cream Soda, not Uh. D&W, so it's got almost like a little bit of carbonation to it, too. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. We're talking carbonated, Bob. <laughs> Fucking right. When you get this age, you love oh, shit like that. Chad, Chad knows of my weakness on pop side. Tom Tucker mint ginger ale. Oh, it's oh. so good. It's freaking mm-hmm. ridiculous. So I always, Other than alcohol, oh, these guys always, drink pop. Almost always have Soda. a bottle of I don't of that know what you fridge. call it in the rest of the country, but it's pop here. It's pop here. Right? Okay. It's pop here. Yeah. Fucking pop. Yeah, we're not from down south, bro. F- fuck whatever sure. they call it in the rest of the country. The duh. <laughs> Does your wife 
Was she a pop? Because she was from down south. She was from Georgia, but she's been here long enough she's that adopted she's, a, she's pop. adopted pop. She's a pop, not a soda. She don't yell at you for saying it? No, our our Maryland family, they're all sodas. Oh, yeah, for sure. In dollars. <laughs> In dollars. Dollars. <laughs> what do we call them? Bucks? Dollars. Oh, regular dollars. Yeah, pop. Okay. Just regular dollars. Dad's root beer is another one. Oh yeah! Oh man! I haven't had dad's right, root beer. Mark, I'm gonna wash you off. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go old school like that, I'll, I'll take some Cherokee, Cherokee red. red. <laughs> Cherokee yes, red, bro. Absolutely. Like I'm on it. Coney Island, Newcastle. They still Cher- have it on. Dr- I forget um, where the hell did I have this shit the other day? Out of the out of the two liter bottle. It's all fucking weird looking. You ain't. You ain't. <laughs> Maybe a three liter. Listen, Who knows? You you haven't lived until. Orange I was, Crush is good. I was I was at Ponderosa on Niagara Falls up there, at Buffalo or you know what I mean up by the falls fishing. And Ponderosa served Kool-Aid. What? You ain't, ain't freaking lived till you got some Kool-Aid for Ponderosa. There's still a Ponderosa down Newcastle Way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's one in Boardman, really? too. Is there? Over by the Menards in Boardman. Yeah. Elwood City Way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have, could still go get the wings at the one over in Boardman, dude. Up. Really? Oh, yeah, the wings. The wings were the fucking best, weren't yeah, they? that's what you go for. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you go for the wings. You get some other Where stuff, at? but you get a couple plates of uh, those. Over in Boardman, right by the Menards, there's one. So that ain't too far. No, I 35, 45 minutes? Yeah, I that, was, that. that was the last place I went to one. I don't, if yeah. I'm going to Boardman, I'm not going to fucking Ponderosa. No. No, no, no. <laughs> I never no. went to Ponderosa when it was around here. Oh. Give me, I'm going to Magic Tree. I love that joint. They don't serve alcohol, Ponderosa, so none of us would be found there, usually. Exactly. Bring your own. <laughs> they probably you used just, to. You pull out Listen, your own little. I need some Coca Cola. And you pull out your bottle of Crown or whatever. Cat I used to go to Crown Ponderosa. Crown Listen, yeah. I used to go to Ponderosa when you could smoke in that damn thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't you know, even like divided. It was just know, like half the room yeah, could smoke like, and the other half couldn't smoke. You're smoking. Sit over there <laughs> yeah. in the front. Yeah. I remember going to the oh. Bu- 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 McDonald's, the, man. Wendy's, no, the, Wendy's the, and Hubbard had ashtrays forever. The restaurant in Truck World, the last night that you could smoke in there, I was with my mom, and she was smoking, and at midnight, they came around and took all the ashtrays off the tables. In Truck World, you yeah. used to be able to smoke? Yeah, that's what you did there. It was like, Well, I can't understand in Truck World. That was probably, what, 05, 03, 04, somewhere in that neighborhood? Uh, it was later than 03. I was drinking. So yeah, I was drinking. 0405. Yeah, something like that. When bars started to do it. Uh, I had to be God, at least 05. Hard yeah. to believe that's been 15 years ago now. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, you're oh, right. Wow. You know, well, the Pennsylvania <laughs> rule is if you if you serve more alcohol than beer, there's... there's yeah, because I was working... I was, that's when I was that. managing a restaurant, so you would have to like open food, so you would just bring a lot of it up under food so you can kind of manage it back and forth, but like the bigger places, and you wouldn't have a choice. You couldn't keep up with it. But a lot of the smaller places, that's what they did. They just started ringing a lot of their food up under. My dad earlier today, it's just funny, I just got a text message. My dad said, told you. And me and him were just talking about the football that was going to happen. He's like, San Fran's going to beat them by 20-plus points, I guarantee you. And I'm like, all right, I like, okay, okay. And he texted me, told you. <laughs> I told you. They're too fast. They're too fast on offense. I don't know. To be honest with you, the team that really worried me was Tennessee. See them get knocked off. I don't know. I mean, Kansas City, they'll put up a good fight, but uh, that's, you know what? They haven't, Kansas City has yet to play a defense like San Francisco. And I mean, I'm not too Tennessee's today. Tennessee's today, but, but a defensive end maybe. But the thing about that team gets can get the ball out quick. 
They can get the ball out quick, and they have but peop- they've never had four guys to put the pressure on them. Oh, like and they ha- San but they Francisco can will. they can stretch the field out in different spots too. They're not just selected to stretching the field out. And one the same thing with San Fran. They have that tight end, that kind of guy, like a Gronk or whoever else. They dude, Kels is the best. If Kels ain't the best, San Francisco's tight end's the best. Yeah. You know, so you know they can stretch the field out through the middle of the field. They can stretch the field out through. If you need seven yards and a turnaround, dude's gonna fend that the tight or the you know defender off and get a catch. And I don't know if Mahomes has the ball with two minutes left. I'm terrified. He's the scariest dude in the NFL with two minutes left he because ran he can for a lot of first downs. Yes, because he can run effectively. He might not run like uh, the guy from Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, but man, he can still move and he still gets up and moves. And he's like almost like Russell Wilson. He's like you guys' biggest problem this year was Seattle. Very similar teams, I feel like. We'll see. But yeah, I, I, yeah the, they are. They, the, Joey Bosa is the man, dude. You could see it in this game. Jesus Christ. Nick. Nick Bosa. Both of them are the man. But yeah. Nick's even better. Moser right. has 14 carries for 160 yards in the first half. <laughs> That's just blowing up holes. Yep, 27 nothing. There's the stats right now. And we got well, we got what? Diaculus. We got old Troy doing the shit or doing the the commentary too. The guy I love Troy. Troy Aikman, the eight oh, yeah. man. Oh, but I hate Joe Buck. I don't like Joe Buck either. I, I, but I like him when he's with Troy. He was a really good guest on the Am Corolla show. He said because his dad was a uh, a commentator as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, he said they were up in Canada one time, and the uh, the camera guy. Focused in on some Lay's rack. He's like, she's big north of the border. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing those on Facebook. They've been popping up all over my Facebook, like back when commentators didn't give a shit. They're cussing. They're all kind of stuff. Unless it's voiceovers. I don't know. Some of them yeah, might no, be these voiceovers. Are, these are probably just the great old guys, man. <laughs> yeah, like, like some day. chick ran out on the field. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, hold on. We got, we got some action here. And, and he's like, holy shit. Like, um, I don't know if them are real. There's one guy that... Uh, commentates over a bunch of sports clips. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he like, curses she, and she could run out there all day. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, a lot of the older ones though, they you know, even the baseball commentators, they might have had a few uh, cocktails in drinking, while calling the game and and the whole time. getting a little getting a little out of hand. But Harry you know. Carey never drank a drop in his life. Not well, no, not <laughs> Harry Carey here. You know, I mean, uh, that's that's what made it great. You have to have, especially in those kind of sports, you have to have somebody great. You know, in a sport with a lot of uh, lot going on, it could be a little better. That's why I love Rosie commentating the tribe. He's a good, good commentator. Yeah, he is. He's good. There's a there's a few good ones nowadays, but man, not like there used to be. Oh, nothing like Penguins commentator. He was the best. I'm blanking completely right now on his name. I can't think of it either. Oh my gosh! Wow, I don't have any idea. I never looked snow pens game. Oh, I did go just passed so. recently. Nope, you know, don't look to me for it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pull it out of my ass. I, I promise. <laughs> oh god. I, I'm sorry. I wish I could for you. Oh, like beat him like a red mule. Oh, he had so many freaking lines. It was ridiculous. And I am completely blanking on the name right now. So hey, while Jay's looking that up, do we have anything else we want to hit on tonight? I don't know that we do. You guys got your fly tie night coming up? The 31st. 31st, last day of the month. 
Don't remind me what day it is. It's going to be a Friday. Ah, lots of days in this month. Today's, uh, where are we at? 20th, right? Come on. So you're 19th. starting to fly by. Ah, you're so moving. I'm moving ahead Mike of it. Mike Lang, that's it, Mike Lang. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, the twenty or the 31st is going to be our fly tie night this month out at Tada Studios in Mercer. So if anyone wants to come on out and join us. Get a hold of Chad on Facebook because that's where he does on, at work. Yep. <laughs> Facebook he can direct the you in the right direction. He'll be on that from 7 to 3, Monday <laughs> through Friday. Hey, you know, d- and don't be afraid to hit him up on Instagram, you know, at the SVS He'll jump Fishing. on there too at work. Uh, Instagram page. And it's Tuesday through Saturday. I don't play as much on Mondays. <laughs> He's out doing stuff. His wife doesn't let him play. <laughs> so, on that note, uh, check out some of our sponsors. A-Rex Hooks, Sims Fishing, Predator Fly Gear. Yeti. Built for the Wild. Urban Fly Company. And Why what? Not Fishing. Check out their adapted dock. And also, we'd like to thank our guest again. Josh Meltzer from Fly Strung Podcast. Check him out. They don't know, they just study the charts. Me, I study the shows, the fans study their hearts. I had a feeling I was killing in this music we was spilling out. We changed lives forever, fuck the label, put it out. Friday Night Lights, blue, that was classic number two. Now it seemed as if the Nas comparisons was coming true. Still no release date from the label, are they insane? Goose told me play the game to change the game, but on the way I let Nas down. Damn, I got no one to blame, I'm ashamed, I let Nas down. But this is God's plan, you can never understand Fuck it, long live the idols, may they never be your rivals Pop was like Jesus, now I wrote the Bible Now what you about to hear is a tell of glory and sin No ID my mentor and I let the story begin I always believed in the 